Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Zero two six nine. Last time, seven one four two nine four zero two six nine. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. All right. So I'm here with Clark. Clark, tell me a little bit about your business and how you got your, you know, what your initial beginnings were like. Uh, sure. So currently, I, I'm spending time on two things. Uh, one is a cybersecurity company called Cespa. And what we do is we have access to a network of somewhere between like 1,500 and 2,000 um, security researchers. These are freelance white hat hackers, though I've, I've had to learn which ones get offended by being called white hat hackers and which ones are offended by being <laughs> security researchers. I'm still learning that part. But, yeah. you know, the company's been around for a little under two years. I partnered up with... Um, our CEO and my partner, uh, Joseph Malika, I had worked with him at a previous um, startup that I, uh, you know, I was one of three partners that got it off the ground. There was a social networking site called Tag World that we ultimately sold to Viacom. Um, jo- so of the two of us, Joseph is the uh, subject matter uh, expert. Uh, and I'm more on the business side though. Joseph's no slouch in that respect as well. So what we do is we go out and we find clients who, um, feel like they, they need help on the cybersecurity front. And because of Joseph's background in cybersecurity, um, you know, he was, you know, after tag world, he went to a company called Edgecast where I was an early investor. They were sold to Verizon and then Joseph, was running security for Verizon's um, uh, digital media team. And uh, I just, he he was working with other companies in the space that we're in now. And he kind of wanted to take it from only being accessible to like the Fortune 500 and large government agencies and help um, bring it a little bit more downstream. We're not talking about, you know, the the nail salon on the corner, but, you know, companies that are of a substantial size, but weren't necessarily target clients for um, other companies in our space. So, um, and this has been a little bit of my MO over the years is find someone who really knows what they're doing in a certain sector and wants to start a company. Um, But it's challenging, right? I mean, for anyone, no matter how many times you've done it before, it's an enormous challenge. But and I was very lucky early on, um, kind of in, in my career, that I ended up having bosses and then partners who taught me a whole lot about how to do this. I mean, it, it, it really was a phenomenal experience, and I, I owe those guys quite a bit. So, you know, I think the, the issue with a lot of people who are looking to start companies a little bit further along in their careers, you know, if, you know Joseph is in his... Uh, late 30s, maybe early 40s now, 
he was, you know, making good money at Verizon and, and was enjoying himself over there and everything. And he's, he's got, he's got a wife and he's got a kid. And one of the toughest things about, you know, starting a company is the opportunity cost, right? So, you know, he, he had to walk away from a, a very well-paying job. And the line that I always use is it's um, when I'm trying to persuade someone to partner up is, uh, you know, it's very hard to go home to your husband or wife and say, uh, honey, I'm quitting my job. We have to put all the savings into this company. I've never raised money before in my life. I don't know any technical co-founders. And, and oh, by the way, like 80% of these types of things fail. Like, what do you think? <laughs> People do not get a good answer to that, you know. Yeah. But that proposal, I'm, I'm not so. by uh, my statistics, by the way. I don't, I don't really care about statistics for me personally. Like, I'm, I hear like nine out of ten businesses fail and it doesn't really bother me at all, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things. I think I've but, seen, but, yeah, I've, I've seen different studies, outside. and some of them are like ninety percent. Some say fifty. Who knows? But bottom line is, um, yeah. what I like to do is come in and say, "Look, um, I will put um, enough money of my own into the company in a no interest loan, so that you can immediately get paid a salary from day one. I'm going to help you out with fundraising. I'm going to help you out with." Uh, you know, finding co-founders or uh, do a lot on the recruiting side uh, and then just help out with overall strategy and things like that. So I've been working with uh, my partner, Joseph Malik, on that for just under two years now. Company's doing great. Um, Joseph was already a phenomenal um, just, you know, cybersecurity professional, but he's grown into this CEO role in, a, in an amazing way. Um, so that's my main focus. And, but typically what will happen with these types of companies um, that I get involved with is most of my value add is at the outset and doing those types of things. And then once, you know, a company starts to hit exit velocity, um, then I may move to more of like a, an advisory role or a, you know, chairman role or something like that. So, um, so yeah, so, and then I'm not doing a whole lot of it right now, but I've been pretty active as an angel investor. Um, I try to focus almost exclusively on Los Angeles. Um, and nice. I've done to date over, over 100 angel investments. I'd say 95% wow. are, are down here. And the timing ended up working out great because LA, like right as I was starting to get really active in angel investing, the LA ecosystem was starting to go like that. It's, it's been a lot of fun to watch. So. I'm rambling, but uh, yeah, hopefully that answers That's awesome. your question. Um, as an investor, what percentage of companies that you've invested in have actually worked out to your benefit? That's a great question. I could bring up my little spreadsheet here, but, <laughs> but yeah. look, um, I'll just tell you ballpark. I mean, I'd say I've been involved with, with somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 companies that have had positive exits. Um, I've had probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like actually also 20 that have, have gone to zero. Um, but then again, that doesn't account for companies that are still out there and operating, some of which are doing phenomenally well. I would say, you know, Crexy is one, Scopely, Thrive Market, and a handful of others that are a little bit earlier on. But yeah, um, yeah you know, I, look, you, I mean, you know how it is. You, you end up 
losing all your money on generally a majority of these things. So I'm, I'm happy that it's been around the 50, 50 mark. And then with the ones that's that really made, phenomenal, actually, we'll see if there are zombie companies out there that eventually go bust, you know, so that may change the numbers a little bit, but it's, it's worked out really well so far. Um, and it's, so yeah, I'd say it's about 50, 50 right now, but check back with me in a year and I'll, <laughs> I'll let you know. Where we're at. But yeah. That's good. That's great. Are, are you still looking for uh, companies to invest in and what sectors are you looking to invest in? Sure. So I'm pretty sector agnostic. You know, my background when I really got into, um, you know, the overall internet space as an investor, my, my focus both as an entrepreneur and as an angel investor was pretty, uh, pretty heavy on the ad tech space which is kind of a, a bad word in investing circles right about now. Um, but, and then look, it's, it's branched out to a lot of like B2B software companies. I don't do a whole lot of uh, investments that are like consumer facing. So fewer, fewer things along those lines, but um, you know, I mean, look, the, the best wins I've had, uh, one was a company called trade desk um, that I got in very early. And these guys are, I think last I checked, they've got like a $13 billion market cap. Um, that one worked out well. Uh, Edgecast Networks uh, was a content delivery network that got sold to um, Verizon. Um, and then, you know, and then there are a bunch of others where, you, you know, you do, you get two to four X returns. And it's funny because sometimes some of those people will like actually apologize for that. Like, oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't a bigger win. I'm like, I'm not a VC. Like I, I don't need to have a hundred bagger to like make my fund. And yeah. so, you know, it's, um, so in terms of sector focus, it's all over the map, but one of the things I love doing and was alluding to it a little bit earlier was that just finding people that I think that would want to start companies, but it's a struggle. There's that opportunity cost that I was talking about before and, look, I mean, if, if for the first time, I wouldn't know what, what to do. It, it's tough and it's scary. So what I love doing most of anything is finding really talented uh, professionals in certain sectors who are further along in their careers and they want to start a company, but there are all those issues around it. And then come and say, look, I'm going to help make this easier for you. And with fundraising, wow. with me putting up some money, in like a no interest loan at the beginning, just to get the thing going, recruiting yeah. things like that. That's my favorite thing to do because first of all, it's fun. Like I really enjoy it. Um, and it's fun to kind of give back because I had mentors of mine who, who were so helpful and like, um, I, I can't even begin to thank them for how they helped me out. So it's, it's fun to pay it forward. Um, but yeah, find awesome. people like that, partner up, help them kind of, yeah. Achieve, achieve your dreams and, 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 you know, have a, have a nice piece of the company, uh, as I'm going along. So you target entrepreneurs then that's where you, you target entrepreneurs and then, yeah, you, you know, it's, it, it's funny you use that term. I hadn't heard that one for a long time, but I'm now going to use it like every day. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, entrepreneurs are definitely have entrepreneurial tendencies. Um, but you, you seem to, not agree with the the sentiment that uh, entrepreneurs are are pretty much born. Um, 
like you can find somebody that has a tendency and then turn them into like a full fledged entrepreneur. Yeah. And look, there, there are people out there that do it a lot better than I do, but um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love doing that. And, and yeah, I, I do. Um, I disagree with that philosophy that entrepreneurs are, are born. Um, it's funny when I, when I talk to like my, so I grew up in the DC area, uh, Northern Virginia yeah. and uh, moved out to Los Angeles straight out of college. And when I talk to my friends from back home, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of like angel investing and early stage technology startups. Some of them are like, wait, what? Like you're one of the most <laughs> risk averse people that, like, that that we knew like in, in high school. I'm like, yeah, no, I kind of fell into this and um, yeah. just kind of ended up running with it. It's been, how it's old been are you, by the way? You look really young. Oh, thanks. I'm 42. Um, oh, okay. okay so, you look uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, so I, I'm I'm working from home uh, today. So if the kids come in the door and start yelling, uh, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> apologizing in advance. So, what what would you say? Like oh, the people that that have done really well, uh, the companies that you've invested in, what would you say? Like really contributed to their success. What what was a differentiating factor um, compared to you know people that that went you know bust? Yeah. Um. So I, I would say it's, it's a few things. And I mean, this is, they're all going to be cliches, right? Um, it's persistence. It's, um, you know, deep knowledge of the sector that they're in. Um, it's people that have a very clear vision as to, um, you know, they ran into a problem themselves that they wanted to fix. That tends to be something that, um, you know, a lot of the, the wins I've had as an angel investor and entrepreneur that that's been part of it. Um, integrity, you know, I mean, I think that that's one of those things that gets, you know, sometimes gets gets overlooked, but um, you want someone who you can trust and is a good person. And I'd say the last thing that immediately comes to mind is um, people who are not afraid to, um, to take criticism and take it in, in not a negative way. And right. criticism is probably the wrong, it, suggestions, right? You know, I mean, you can't, you can't, um, I wanna be the dumbest guy in the room at these companies. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I wanna be learning from all of these, you know, subject matter experts who know a lot more about these things than I do and kind of, you know, put it together. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but. Um, no, it does make sense. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, uh, so these are a few factors that contribute. Like, do you, when did you own a company? Did you own a company at, at some point? Obviously, it seems like you have. Um, and and what was that like? Sure. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'll give you the kind of the Cliff Notes version. Um, yeah. So the first company I was really involved with as an angel investor was a company called Traffic Marketplace back in two thousand. Um, I'd moved to LA for an investment banking analyst job. I was there for only about five months. I got recruited to go work for an internet startup here in town and they made me a media buyer at the company, uh, on like the third day, my, my boss and, and, and really one of my like greatest mentors, his name is Fred Krueger. He's been very active in LA, um, in the, you know, investment and, and technology scene. Uh, he walks into my office and says, uh, Clark. So uh, you're now our media buyer here. 
and it was a company was called iwin.com it was a games site and i was like that sounds great fred i don't know anything about media buying uh so (laughs) and he's like don't worry about it no one else does at this point in time either so figure it out you know great experience so but then you know i had a i had a few options at that one traffic marketplace was um kind of my first win as an angel investor very good friend of mine, Evan Rifkin, was the CEO and did a phenomenal job there. Tag World, I was a co-founder. It was a social networking site that was sold to Viacom. Uh, after that, started a company called Top Level Domain Holdings. Um, uh, Fred and I ended up taking it public in, wow. uh, in the UK. Um, and uh, we were applying for new top level domains. I don't know if you've seen, like, you can get, like, .nyc or dot. Right. whatever and so we had raised some money and we were applying for um uh, uh, to own and operate these top level domains um from 2010 through 2015 um uh, i had co-founded a company called shift and what we did was um we were one of facebook and twitter's and, and linkedin's uh ad api partners so they gave us permission to build more sophisticated um technology on top of their um, ad technology um, just to make it easier for large brands to um, advertise more more effectively and it was it was good you know it was a had a lot of fun it was was a great experience and then um, you know and then now you know working on um, working on SESPA but you know also just keeping my eyes open for other you know, people generally here in Los Angeles who could potentially be great startup CEOs. And if I can be helpful and be involved, great. If I can just be helpful, that's fantastic too. You know, I love, I love doing that. So what do you think is most exciting about being an investor? Do you feel like it's, it seems like it's very, uh, it can be hectic, can be uh, uh, not, like you said, uh, the opposite of risk averse, you know, it could be risky. Um, what, like what, what, what interests you so much in, in doing venture capital? Um, sure. So I wouldn't even really call it venture. I mean, it's just me. I, I'm just investing, you know, um, my own capital in these Angel, things. Angel. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do I like? I mean, I like a whole lot of things about it. I'd say, uh, so, I'd say the most exciting thing about it. Well, okay. I love the fact that it's worked out like so yeah. far, like the, the angel yeah. thing that I've done has actually worked out better. If you do the numbers, than um, the companies I've been involved with that have had exits. So I'd say it's a few things. One is you meet a ton of fascinating, really, really smart people that know a lot about things that I don't know about. So it's amazing just to kind of, meet these people, uh, learn about what they're up to. Um, and you know, oops, do we freeze? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Sometimes it freezes on your screen. Oh, um, sorry. Okay. Um, (laughs) yeah. So anyways, I love, uh, I love just the, the, the learning aspect of it. I mean, you just learn from really, really smart people, whether or not you invest. And if you do, you get the updates and, Look, if you're getting involved in angel investing, um, you can read all these books. You can, there's so much content online um, that's fantastic that wasn't there maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, but I feel like you can read all that and people should, 
but a lot, a lot of the lessons, you don't internalize them really until you actually experience yeah. it yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, cool. um, what else? I like that. It's, um, it's, it, this is going to sound cheesy. It's just fun to see, to like help people realize their like professional dreams in, in, in some small part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's think- fun to watch, you know, you, 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 you could, you follow someone from day one and then you look back, you know, you, you know, six, seven years later and you see where a company is and it's like, this is, this is, it just makes you feel good. So yeah, hundred percent. You, you were risk averse though at some point, right? Very, very risk averse. And so do you feel like this particular investment medium is more valuable than say real estate? Or do you think there's no, there's no, uh, like king of the king of the castle essentially with regards to investments It's just what your proclivities are and what you prefer? Sure. Um, I think that I just, I just had to get comfortable with it. You know what I mean? Um, and just realize that you also just, you have to be so comfortable with the idea that you're going to lose money. (laughs) You're going to lose money on most of your investments. Right. So for the first few losses that I had, you know, you kind of, you lose a little sleep that night and you kind of dwell over a, like the amount of money that you lost you have to get if you want to do angel investing you have to look at the capital that you're using that's going towards this as like monopoly money because if you're thinking about it like oh well i lost this much and that that is the equivalent of this in real life (laughs) you 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 will not stay sane you know (laughs) and and it can it can go both ways you know there's there's companies that I've been involved with where, you know, I've taken money off the table in a, in like a, a secondary. And then you look back and you're like, I would have made a hundred X off of that if I had held on to it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. again, the point is you can't, if you have, you can't look at it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sorry. I think I went off topic. What was the question? again? <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Um, I, like, you know, it, compared to real estate, no, oh, I, think, I don't think you went off topic. I think, I think you're making some great points, actually. Yeah, so uh, on the real estate side, and, and I want to plug a company here. Uh, I'm on the board of a company called Crexy. And it's Crexy. A, yeah, okay. a commercial real estate exchange. It's for buyers, sellers, uh, people leasing real estate, and brokers of real estate. Um, right. Kind of helped get the company, helped a small amount getting the company off the ground early on. I was an advisor and and put some money into the company as well and and they're and they're just killing it you know we had a board meeting earlier this week and it's it's so much fun to watch they just raised another 30 million um from some great great investors but yeah on the commercial real estate um i just don't really know much about it and i feel like just based on kind of where things have gone with just my working career which is a term i kind of hate but um (laughs) You just kind of end up learning stuff, and you're like, okay, well, this is this is what I am now, and you know, let's let's, let's run with it. Yeah, um, that's great. So you have some some companies that are just just killing it right now. That's great. Um, do you ever think about have you have you invested in real estate besides your like a, a home of your own? Uh, yeah, I mean, here and there, but it's just been it's been small, thing, you know, small investments, and I feel like I 
in the same way that I feel like I'm not, as an angel investor, I'm not especially, um, I don't trust myself evaluating kind of like consumer facing websites or apps or anything like that. I feel the same way about um, real know, estate. investing in real estate. It's just not really, it's not something I know a whole lot about. I have a lot of friends who've done really well with it, but, um, and it's always kind of interested me, but I feel like the older you get, the more you realize you got to just focus on your strengths and maybe not, you know, spend a whole lot of time, you know, teaching an old dog new tricks. So. Absolutely. Um, so like, okay, so let's go back to the entrepreneurial uh, topic here. What, like what are, what are like, you said persistence is like one thing that makes some people successful. Do you think people, um, have you seen like a turnaround where somebody was not doing as well? You came in, I'm not sure you wouldn't invest in, I'm not sure if you would invest in a company like that or not, but have you come in and, and like invested or helped in some way and it just turned around? Like it was just flailing and then all of a sudden it's like thriving. Um, the only thing I can think of, so I, w I wish I had better stories for you on this front. No, um, no, it's okay. Yeah, so I'd say the only one that comes to mind is um, a company that that's, I don't know that you know it. I'm not going to say the name of the company, but um, I was connected with this entrepreneur right as he was starting this company um, through a mutual friend. And we sat down, had coffee, and I was just like, what's up, man? And he seemed a little, he seemed a little down. He's like, yeah, so we're really close to running out of money. Um, you know, it was still very, very early on in their, their, that company's life cycle. And I was like, all right, let's, let's talk through this and see what we can do. And was asking him about, okay, well, have you spoken to any investors who have committed verbally? He's like, yeah, no, there, there's a handful. I'm like, okay, good. Making, making progress here. Um, what's your strategy been for reaching out to, um, potential investors. He told me about that. And then uh, I was like, well, so the guys who have committed, have they wired yet? Have they sent their checks in yet? He's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to make that happen. I'm like, ask them, send, send them wiring instructions. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. and it seems so basic. He was the first time entrepreneur. And now, I mean, he's, uh, this guy's no joke. I mean, he, has, has built a phenomenal company. He's like grown into this role as, as just a really, really impressive CEO. So it was funny. I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to draft an email to, <laughs> to send to these guys who have committed to, to, you know, get them across the finish line. And apparently it, it worked, you know, um, that's the only one I can think of, frankly. Um, I'm yeah. not really, I'm not really like a turnaround artist or anything like that, but um, I know some people who, been, who are, you know, here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely a lot of struggles that go on on a day to day basis. And sometimes it's like, man, so you, sometimes your highs are really, really high and your lows are extremely low. It's just like, you know, I, I know like, but, but the thing is, here's the thing, like, this is what I talk about. Like I talked, I did a video on this on LinkedIn and I was like, Hey, if you want bigger business, I get bigger problems <laughs> because if you get bigger problems, you're, you're, you're onto something. Yeah. You're on, the, you're on the right track. Uh, I, I feel like sm the smaller problems you have, the lower, the lower your success levels are. 
yeah. and the bigger yeah. your problems are. So if you're having like a massive problem right now, just just understand that like you're on your way to success because bigger problems you have, you know, now there's there's other types of problems that obviously you don't want, like, you know, getting getting investigated by the FBI or SEC or something like that. Yeah. You know, I haven't had that like, happen to me yet, you know, but <laughs> there's still time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give it some time it will happen (laughs) Um, yeah yeah but like but like if if you have if you have big problems be happy for them because that means that's that's like the the initial step towards massive success um i hadn't heard that before that's the second thing from you that i'm going to steal out of this (laughs) conversation and start using you know yeah i I, I heard that from I'll, i'll give credit to dean graziosi uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's like I know who he guy. is. I don't know him personally, but yeah. yeah. But so I heard that from him and I'm like, I stole it from him. So I just want to be, I want to be clear on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so you, one thing that came to mind though, when you were talking about persistence, it's funny. I sat down um, yesterday with a, a very good um, friend of mine who's been just a very, very successful um entrepreneur, angel investor, and executive. Um, and we were talking a little bit about the value. It's, and it's funny you brought this up, or we started talking about persistence, because I think one thing that's a little counterintuitive is that people do need to understand that when you're reading all these books and you're reading these articles and whatnot, you're reading the stories typically of the winners, right? And so I think sometimes that gets in people's heads. They're like, okay, well, all, all I need to do is just keep at it, be persistent. And, and my friend and I were talking about the fact that an underrated skill is knowing when it's time to stop. Um, because yeah. look, you know, I, I have some friends who have been cranking on, on companies for, I mean, literally over a decade and you just it doesn't feel like it's going to be something that's going to be big. And then you think about, okay, well, what, what's your life expectancy? You know, like how long is your working career going to be? So it's like, if you're going to spend that amount of time on something, are they making some money? You better think it's going to work. Sorry. Are they making some money? Those, those, the people that. My last time I, I looked Yes, they're kind of break even to slightly profitable, which actually can be really dangerous, right? Because you can get to a certain size, you can be kind of break even, slightly profitable, but it's going to be really hard to sell that company, right? To, to a lot of, and that's a, a, a huge like generalization, but if you're of a certain size and you're just kind of break even and you're not really growing, what do you do? Yeah. Because you have something that, you know, in, in theory has value that you can continue to run, but yeah. the idea of where the exit is, you know, it's hard, hard to figure that out. And so I think there are a lot of companies out there like that, that are just kind of, kind of zombie companies that are moving along, they're doing their thing, but there's not a whole lot of um, uh, possibilities for, for exits. So I think I think learning learning when it's time to cut bait is is kind of an underrated. Um, yeah, what what would you say is like uh, a company that isn't really succeeding at a high level? Like after a decade, where they should where should they be at in revenue? Would you say? 
frankly, I have no idea. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. In terms of where, okay, they, so where should they be enabled? If, if they're, if they're, if they're, if they're a decade in and they're making only like a few hundred thousand dollars in net profit, do you feel like that's like, you need to, you need to start a different company maybe, or? It, again, it depends, right? Because yeah. if, if there are prospects out there where you can see a clear path as to how you could take this to the next level, you just haven't done it yet, then, you know, then I think you constantly have to reevaluate um, in terms of how big a company should, you know, who knows. Um, okay, also, so you have an idea in your head, though. You have an idea in your head, like on a company that you would like to invest in. A after the five-year mark, what would you like to see that, that company have in revenue before you invest in the company? Um, if it's at five year, if it's five years in and I'm evaluating yeah. it is like, so typically that's, I'm investing usually, I'm usually one of the first checks in um, when I'm investing. It, it's unusual that I would invest in a company that was already five years in though. Um, it's funny. I got a lot of, a lot of crap from some friends of mine because I, I invested 25k in a company that was raising at a hundred million dollar pre-valuation <laughs> and there are some guys in LA I, I'm not going to say who it is but they're doing really really well and I, I was introduced through a mutual friend and they were doing around and I said look you're by all means feel free to laugh in my face when I say this to you but like can I toss in like a like a tiny amount into this because I would just love to be along for the ride. I think you guys are going to be successful. And when I told the story to some of my friends who are active angel investors or entrepreneurs, they're like, you idiot. Like, like why, why would you do that? You have such a small part of the company. I was like, I'm not a VC. Like if that company then, you know, sells in two years and it's a three bagger, like I'll take that all day long. So for me as an angel investor, it just doesn't matter. Like, I don't have a target like percentage that I want to own at every stage. Um, but to answer your question, where would someone need to be at five, five years in? I don't know that there's a hard and fast answer to that. Um, there are a lot of, of, of variables that would have to go into it that, that would help me decide on something like that. But. Absolutely. Um, all right. So somebody wants to get a hold of you say there's a company that maybe wants uh, seed funding or pre-seed funding, where, how, how would they get in contact with you? Uh, Clark Landry at gmail.com. I hope uh, I didn't just open up a big bag of worms there, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, no, I do well, tell people. Why don't, you, why, why don't we, why don't we cut that out and give, okay. maybe have them reach out to you on LinkedIn or something. I'll never see it. If they, here, here's the problem. I've told people if you're ever feeling like you're, you're really lonely and, and down, put angel investor on your LinkedIn profile because you, you will, ne you'll, I mean, literally you'll get like a hundred plus messages a day. You just, you can't keep up with it. So, um, wow, that's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. I know it's And the funny thing is too, there are about, you know, most, most of the things that you see cold like that, are not things that I would want to invest in. And every once in a while I'll check my messages just to see if there's anything interesting in there. And a few times I've been like, Oh, hmm, interesting. You know, maybe, maybe I'll talk to this, uh, 
you know, the, the, this guy or girl and, and something yeah. have worked out like that. So. Absolutely. Um, all right, cool. Hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate it.